Okay, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Perfect. Who's the trash? Um, so I want to start out by just sharing a little bit about how the teaching came to be. Um, let me just preface it with the fact that um, probably isn't something new or extravagant. It's just more of a reminder of where we are and how we should be operating. Um, it started uh, with the Lord talking to me this Wednesday while we were in the prayer room. Uh, I felt that there was contention while I was praying over by the nation's wall. And so the fathers, you know, I just kind of was thinking about that and he brought to my mind um, You know, the word contending, and not so much that the enemy was able to overcome there, but that um, he was just coming up against, what do you call that, that buffeting, I guess, but they, he was being turned away. There was, there was no, he wasn't overcoming, we were being overcomers there, but that, that contention was there. Um, so I spent uh, a lot of time looking for the word contending in the Bible. Uh, I only found that particular word used once, contending. Um, that word for that is diacrino, which you guys know, which is throughout the Bible, but it being translated into contending was only once. And it was about um, having to do with Michael, the archangel, was contending with the devil. He disputed about the body of Moses. and wasn't sure how that was going to apply and then I wasn't super sure I could spend an hour talking about one verse about Michael contending with the devil so I moved on <laughs> um, and he brought me to um, our scripture today um, about the story of really story of Abraham and Isaac but specifically how Isaac had to, didn't have to, but he was contended at uh, the wells that he was digging in a time of famine in the uh, state of Gerar, whatever that is, country of Gerar. Um, so contending at the wells, that's why we have our title there. Um, so starting in Genesis, chapter 26, uh, starting with the first verse, it said, uh, there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, go down not, go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land and I will be with thee and will bless thee, and for unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thee, give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because that Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge and my commandments, my statutes and laws. I don't know if you noticed, but there's like a little five-fold five there going. Um, 
So Isaac's dwelling in this land of a Philistine king, Gerar, um, the same that his father had dwelt. And it is a time of famine. And um, it's interesting that the Lord gave him the same promises about multiplying his seed uh, as the stars of heaven, and thy seed shall, and in thy seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. But it was because his father had obeyed that he was um, able to, and kept his commandments, that he was able to um, also. had the same blessing. Um, so there is a lot in there, but of course what I kind of honed in on was the contending for at the wells. So we're moving on from there and you can basically skip uh, uh, verses 6 through 16. I'll surmise it for you. Um, summarize it. You're going to surmise it or summarize it? Summarize. <laughs> I surmise it that. <laughs> uh, so basically it goes on to talk about how um, Isaac kind of made the same mistake his father made. Um, we'll explain this poor man, Abimelech. I don't know if it's the same Abimelech they say it's been 90 years between when Abraham and Isaac went. But they were both lived into their 130s, 160, so it very well could have been the same Abimelech, or whether it was just the title of a, of a man. Um, so this poor guy sitting there, first man comes up, tells him, no, no, this is my, this is my sister, everything's fine. So he takes to him, you know, Sarai, then finds out, you know, he sinned against man and he gives it back. So then the next guy comes and he's like, no, this isn't my wife, this is my sister. And he's like, ah, I'm not falling for this again. Seems like, because he looks out the window and he sees them messing around, that he's like, surely this is your wife. So basically, <laughs> he's not falling for it again. He's so, he's like, why are you trying to deceive me? All those things. And, um, And so basically, this part of the lesson, the point we take is that Isaac is his father's son. <laughs> right? All right, so we're moving on. Um, Isaac sets out to dig the wells. All right? So Isaac's been sent away. He's been told he's too great for the king of Gerar. They feel like he's going to be more powerful than him, so they send him away. So he goes out into the valley of Gerar, which is interesting. And he starts to dig the wells. And in verse 17, it says, And Isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. So it's interesting that the Philistines had stopped the wells. I'm not sure why you would do that. There's a well there. I guess you don't want your enemies to use it. That means you also can't use it. So you're also not drawing from that well. Why would you fill in? Doesn't make sense to me, especially in a time of famine, but whatever. <laughs> the enemy doesn't make sense. Um, 
But that that uh, stop there means to be closed up, hidden, secret, shut out, or shut up. So the spiritual implication here is that what the enemy had once blocked and tried to hide away was now being uncovered and the truth declared. This can be re related today with the general church as well, where they have, you know, they have the word. <laughs> the word. But they don't realize kind of what they have. They've filled it in with things that they think are was what the word means, and it's hidden from them. But we are the Isaacs, and we are undigging, redigging, redigging. Undigging would be filling in, wouldn't it? <laughs> redigging the wells. Good morning. Um, on. So now I wanted to focus on uh, the variation of the word that I received in prayer, which was <coughs> contending. Um, <coughs> so when it says in verses 19, that word strive there, that's, that's our word contend or strive. And I guess that's pronounced rub, R-U-W-B. Um, and it means to grapple, uh, to toss, figuratively, figuratively to wrangle, uh, to defend, chide, complain, contend. <coughs> so let's look how it's used in the, in the verse here. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdmen of Gerard did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. And he called the name of the well Essek. And I wrote there that that equals uh, contention. Because they strove with him, that's a different strove, and they digged another well and strove, that's our word, uh, for that also. And he called the name of that Sitna, which equals strife. And he removed from hence and digged another well, and for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth which means wide places or streets. He said, for the Lord hath made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. So you have these three wells that Isaac has dug and the first two, you know, there, there was clearly contention there. Um, <coughs> and first one, he says he named Essek, and when I looked into that, it does mean contention, but also it roots back to being pressed upon, to quarrel, to strive with. Um, oh, let me go back. It's uh, Actually, when it says the first there, when the servants digged in the valley and found there a wellspring of water, um, I was looking at these words, and it was speaking of them searching out to delve into this place of inheritance, to possess and occupy, to bring forth and to declare, to make clear or, di or distinct this place of living water. So when they're going forth to dig wells, it's kind of the spiritual aspect behind it um, as well. Um, <coughs> 
in this season of the fast of feasting, fast of feasting, we're to give <coughs> heedance to our words and that what comes from our mouth. And I thought it was interesting, you know, that we are making clear and declaring the intent of our Father to bring about His glory, for it is our inheritance to do so, and we rejoice in it. So that's how I was correlating that with those. But it's interesting that Isaac decided to name them those names. I don't. I don't see God telling him. Like it doesn't specifically say, and God told me to, for all intents, curse these wells because he <coughs> gave them the name of strife. Um, and then the other one, which is Sitna, which has a primitive root that goes back to adversary or resist. Uh, the word there is Satan or Satan. So to me it seems that's, that's, those aren't you know, uplifting words mm -hmm. for a place where you're going to try and um, bring forth new life. So I'm not sure, and all I can think is that, you know, just like us, he had his weakness and he decided to curse these wells instead. I know I try my best this week to be on my best behavior, <laughs> but every time I get in the car, I literally have a four-minute drive to work, and people just, they're just there. They're there to be in your way. They don't want to move. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, park your car if you don't want to drive. That's what I always yell at them. But <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, it's an eye-rolling week for me. Everything has made me roll my eyes. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I could be walking through the house, and I'll do it five, five times over just, you know, just the insanity. But anyway, yeah. It's been a, and it's funny. It just has really... It just has been a, it's been really, I mean, it really started. Yes. <laughs> it did this week. Well, obviously, it's, it's, and it's, it speaks to the, the contention, the trying that, you know, we, we're all, you're going to face it. It's going to come at you. It's what, how you move in that. And so, you know, we do our best not to let the enemy overcome, even in the little things. Did you say something? Yeah, I was just going to say that, <coughs> that, um, you were talking about the wells and, and kind of the negative connotation of, of what he named a couple of them. But the thing is, is I think that also it's a remembrance because they did strive for it. It's like I named it this to remember that I strove for this, but I, we won. We got it, but there was contention to get it. And the same thing, you know, with the strife. We had to strive, but that's an overcoming too. Of like, guess what? I remember what I did at this well and how we had to strive for this. And, and but this is an overcoming um, remembrance. But, you know, later on you're using it going, hey, this is great, I've got water, I've got this great well, but what did, I, what did it take for me to get this? So that's kind of, um, you know, what I was thinking when you were talking about that, that, that was uh, kind of an interesting. This is interesting. Well, because I, I didn't see there that they, that uh, he actually was able to claim that well. I don't know. I mean, they left it open, but it sounded like they, they kind of like it's ours, and then they're like fine, and then moved on. So I, I wasn't sure. It's really, I mean, it's like the principle of the Valley of Baca, when 
and you know you're making your sojourn to go be in the presence of the Lord which we're all doing you go through that valley of weeping that valley of Baca and what is what does it say it says you make it a well you speak into it and you call it forth from the well within you to make it a fruitful plain to make it something that's and that's just our walk that is that is what the walk that we have it, it is like you said Debbie it's it's a measure of overcoming and recognizing that we're in a dark world to bring light. And there's strife there, of course. Right. It's going to cost you something. It is absolutely going to cost you something. And, and, you know, until you actually, it's like people become Christians and they, unfortunately, I think they're told, oh, life is just going to be just so rosy from here on out. And it is. It's glorious. It's the best. It's the best. But... The rosy ain't the word. <laughs> There's thorns. <laughs> I mean, when you're you you have to choose to rejoice in. That's, yeah. <laughs> you choose to rejoice. And when we have to fast at feasting, because yeah. we need that. Yeah. <laughs> we got to be reminded. You have to choose to partner. Exactly. You have to choose. And, yeah. So, so the first two wells, I'm not sure. They did remain open, so maybe that's just a testament to, you know, just because you dig a well, and there's, I don't know, but God's going to bless no matter what. He pours out his, what's that? He pours out his uh, blessing upon the righteous and unrighteous the same. So you're still, the well's still there, so it can always be come back, you can always come back to and retake. I don't know if that happened. I didn't read that far or didn't say. But they did come to a third well, and he did name that um, Rehoboth which when you go back to the primitive root, it was, um, had a meaning to make wide, make room to enlarge. So that really speaks of the expansion uh, of the Father. Um, Were the wells on their land? I mean, was, was it land? Well, it says it was in, in the valley of Gerar. So in the Gerar, Philistines were there and said it was theirs. So, so they opened the wells in enemy territory. And that's another thing I was thinking. I, was, I don't know if I was going to get to that, but I'm glad you brought it up. Um, I wasn't sure because reading, you know, said God said go and tarry in the land, sojourn to the land. I think that includes making wells, but I don't know if that meant maybe he was digging in the wrong spot even though they found water, that really wasn't what God had intended for them. And so when the contention came, he had to move on. Um, it doesn't really give a clear... It certainly shows the difference between Abraham and Isaac, because Abraham was a conqueror. He, he arrived someplace and he took the land. That's true. And uh, Isaac is not doing that. So it would appear. <laughs> And then, what, but I, if I were leaving a well, or going to stop up a well, I would go dig another one first, make sure I had water, then do something, or leave, either leave or stop up the other well. Right. And uh, Isaac is either living by faith, knowing that he can dig a, a well and find water. Right. Uh, but he's certainly avoiding. Right. Well, it's interesting that it, he can clearly hear from the Lord. The Lord has already talked to him at this point about going into the land and sojourning there. 
So I don't know if it's if the Lord was telling him to dig these or if he was digging these and they says the servants, but obviously he sent his servants out to do such. Yeah, so if, it, if he was a Terry, you know, it could be that it was Valley's rear was Abraham's land and the Philistines were moving back in. Right. Having been defeated, but now they're moving back into that area. And that's what it, it did say that. It said that, you know, they were Abraham's wells and he was going through and undigging. But it didn't say that these... So it's not like these were new wells, because he unearthed the old wells and named them the same names his father did, and then he came and they dug these three wells. At the end of it all, it'll be four wells, but... Um, well, let's go further here. It says... Um, so I, I would say, you can look at this in a few ways. Um, um, it, I said it could be like the situation where Jesus cursed the fig tree, but the fig tree wasn't producing fruit. I feel like these wells were producing water, so I don't think it's the same connotation there. Or maybe it goes along with uh, shaking off the dust from your feet, for, you know, kind of correlating. But even then, I wasn't sure if that really applied here. And I was like we said, it doesn't say that the Lord specifically told him to what he should name the wells or if he should dig them in those particular spots. But he finally did have a third well dug, um, and the Father blessed him and his seed with the third well, um, and he named it Rehoboth, which I was looking up and is interesting. I came across someone said it was. They interpreted it as a freedom well, but it was like uh, the well of freedom, and I was like, that's interesting, but the Rehoboth really speaks of more of an enlarging and um, making room for, which you can infer freedom in that, but it's not specifically just freedom. Um, really speaks to that point of expansion. Uh, you could also say it's kind of like third time's a charm. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> all right, so you have the third well. It's, it's good. They finally get to keep that one, sounds like to me. Um, so then we're going to move on to the fourth well, and we'll see how that was handled. Uh, let's take a look at verse 23 here. Did, did anybody have anything else to say about that? It says, And he went up from thence to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared unto him the same night, and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father, fear not, for I am with thee, and will bless thee, and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And he built an altar there, and called upon the name of the Lord, and pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants digged a well. Then Abimelech went to him from Gerar and Ahuzeth, one of the friends in Pekul, Fecal, I don't know, the chief captain of his army, and Isaac said unto them, Wherefore come ye to me, seeing ye hate me, and have sent me away from you? And they said, We saw certainly that the Lord was with thee, and we said, Let there be now an oath betwixt us, even betwixt us and thee, and let us make a covenant with thee, that thou wilt do us no hurt, as we have not touched thee, and 
as we have done unto thee nothing but good, and have sent thee away in peace. Thou art now blessed of the Lord. And he made them a feast, and they did eat and drink, and they rose up betimes in the morning, and, and swear one to another. And Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. And it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him concerning the well which they had digged, and said unto him, We have found water, and he called it Sheba. Therefore the name of the city is Beersheba unto this day. So this was a completely different approach to the digging the well, of the fourth well. This time an altar was built, I presume a sacrifice was made, even though it's not mentioned, usually if there's an altar, unless I guess it could have been just a pillar for remembrance. Um, but he calls upon the name of the Lord, pitches a tent, and then digs the well. So to me, that's more of a, you've come to the Lord now and asked, called upon his name, and then you dig your well, versus just going out to dig a well and finding contention in that place. Um, so that, that well's name means an oath, and it roots back to uh, Shibra, from a primitive cardinal number seven, as the sacred full one also seven times by implication a week. So, um, and what happens when, you know, he came, Oh, here it is. Now, now it says, uh, now when it, what seems to be perceived as another point of contention. So Abimelech's come up, he's like, why are you here? You told me to leave. I thought you hated me. He thinks it's going to be a point of contention again. And because he was with the Lord, they saw that he was with the Lord, that the Lord was with him. And that's when the, the point of peace, that's where that breakthrough, that point of victory came in. Because he had made an altar and called upon the name of the Lord. They saw that the Lord was with him and peace was found. Um, and that peace is shalom from salam, uh, figuratively, Safe, to be safe, completed by implication, to be friendly by extension, to reciprocate, make amends, finish, full, give again, make good. Restitution, so there's that restorative measure as well. All right. So the fourth well, to me, it seems like this is where we need to be um, really with the Father, so much so that 
people take note, like, I see the Lord is upon you, He has clearly blessed you, and He will give us then the peace, the victory over that place of fulfillment, that place where He will flow out. <coughs> now what I did find interesting, I also added um, Genesis 20, we're not going to read this because it's, it's long, uh, but Genesis 20 verses 1 and then chapter 21, 22 through 34. Basically, this just goes over Abraham's uh, sojourn into the same place. He came into Gerar. And um, I, can give it, I gave it to you so that you can go back and read, but you see the similarities, it seemed to me anyway, between Isaac and his father Abraham in, the, in, their, in at least this aspect. So at both times there was a famine in the land, at both times they sojourned to Gerar, at both times they both accosted poor Abimelech in company with their wife's sisters. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, you know, it said, and I think it was in there, did I read it? Um, yeah, that, you know, it, they made an oath with him, and they, they both blessed Abimelech in the end with a well of seven. Um, and I found that just very interesting. And I, I thought about going back and like pulling out and correlating the things, but you can do that later. <laughs> so it's a little early, but um, in summation, what we can gain from this study uh, is maybe you shouldn't speak curses over Wellsprings, number one. <laughs> number two, don't introduce your wife as your sister to the powers that be, or really anyone. <laughs> and three, always bless a man with seven sheep or oxen, your choice. <laughs> Just kidding, that's not the rule. But honestly, um, the takeaway that I was getting from this here was to be a good steward of what God has given unto us, his called ones, the called out ones, don't curse what the Lord is trying to do. It is better to speak life into that situation. Um, and I will say this on Isaac's behalf. In the face of contention, we do want to have his heart in the way that you persevere in the midst of it until you reach that point of breakthrough, which is what he did. Um, Make sure the Lord is with you in all that you do. He's revealing his precious word to those who are seeking, to those willing to put in the work to search it out. Therein lies the blessing. Um, the Father did give me another vision yesterday morning, and I feel like it has to do with this. I submitted it, but basically, um, just for you guys, um, it was basically this intercessor, and they were, they were kneading this bread, but not like on a table. They were like stretching it away from them and to them. And I heard the Lord tell me that he was going to expand his word, or there was going to be expansion in his word. And, you know, I was just thinking about it later. And, um, you know, it's the intercessor was the one doing the work. They're the one that had to strive with the dough. Uh, but God was the one that was going to bring the expansion. 
and that much fruitfulness, and I was thinking that much fruitfulness would also come from the loaves that would come from this dough, allowing for the multiplication of his word to go forth. And, um, you know, I understand that we are to be partakers of strong meat, but it does say in John, Jesus says, you know, I am the bread of life. So, contending for the word or contending for the wells is on the Lord's behalf, not just something we want to go out and do by ourselves. Otherwise, you have contention that you have to leave all your work maybe behind. Um, but to really bring about those deposits of his glory that he is going to overflow and expand. Be faithful in our intercession and our study and he will pour out. That's what I had. Did anybody have? No, I think, I think Zach, <coughs> a couple of these things just are kind of weird to me. Mm -hmm. Like um, Agreed. on page five there, <coughs> It, it seems that the place where the main covenant was made with Abimelech and his chief of his host, his captain of his host, which is the army guy, mm -hmm. um, they do it in Beersheba. And, um, and it's, the, the, the first point that's kind of weird to me is that <clears throat> in Isaac's story, he comes into that place and he doesn't seem to know anything about it. You read it. Right. They've already named this place Beersheba. I mean, Abraham, it's the name of it. He should have known this was the covenant that my dad made with this king. And Abimelech is basically a title. It's like president. But And, and with the army. This is where our covenant is. We called this city by its name. And interesting, that's where the uh, Hamas people launched their attacks yesterday was in Beersheba, <laughs> which is kind of weird. Um, but, um, and then the other thing about it is, so, I think a lot of times believers <clears throat> run into problems because they don't know or they have forgotten what has already been covenanted for them. And, um, you know, so obviously Abram made this official covenant with the leader of that region and with his armed forces head. And uh, and and the other, another weird thing was that you notice there that he he planted a grove, which was a tamarisk tree. I saw that. Which yeah. was the which was the tree that can. Uh, process over 200 gallons of water a day, wow. and it and it releases it. It's more known for establishing a a, a nice environment, uh, and people would go under these types of trees to cool down because temperatures were like 10 to 15 degrees cooler when you're in that area that the tamarisk surrounded than if you went 100 feet away. And that, that's kind of interesting. So Abram was really, I guess, prophetically establishing, hey, this, this could be, you know, what we've been learning about the trees, this could be a, a, not only a spiritual, but a, a physical.
physical thing. If I plant this tree, it's gonna, it's gonna trigger a more conducive environment to inhabit it. And, and if you do the study, you see that the, the only other two times this tree is mentioned was one when um, Saul was ticked off at David and he sat under one of these trees or in a grove of these with his spear in his hand plotting how he was going to nail him, which was all during that Rama time when Samuel was there. And it was to be a time of going forth again. Yeah. And then after Saul was killed, David got Saul and Jonathan's heads and bones and brought them and buried them under the tamarisk grove. To, uh, it, you know, again, um, I, I, my point for all this is that um, Isaac, you know, you have the twofold thing. You have, you have that progression of, you know, the, the immediacy of, of strife and then you have contention and that's kind of a what you deal with when you're when you're going forward. You know, the enemy doesn't want you there. And then you're gonna have to stand. You're gonna have to contend for your place. But then Rehoboth is kind of a weird thing because the, you know you got the root of Rahab and we know the history of Rahab the harlot in, in Jericho who then was in Jesus' ancestral line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you can you can you can then let your blessing become a part of the world, and you can settle in with your blessing in the world, even if you are on the wall, which is the same thing Lot tried to do. You know, he stood out in the gates of the city, righteous Lot. He shouldn't have taken his blessing and, and let the city or the wickedness overwhelm him. You know, there's so many aspects of this, but then Abram was in Beersheba, and that's where Isaac ended up at, which in some ways probably um, each one of those facets of the four, you're, you're going to have to process. It's a different kind of battling. You know, you're, you're going to establish something. Then the enemy doesn't want you. He's going to push you out. What are you going to do? Are you going to take your blessing and become part of the world? Or are you, because, you know, many crossroads, that's Rehoboth. There's really not, there's freedom in that. Right. But it's really, if you're trying to find the straight, narrow way, you don't want the broad way that leads to destruction. Right. And, um, but then Beersheba, where you, basically Abimelech was, I, I hate to say this, they make a covenant, but it was his land. His army was there. And why is he making a covenant to give, I know, we see the Lord is with you. Well, that didn't work out in a lot of other places in the word. Um, the Lord is with you. We're going to wipe you out. Right. So, um, I, you know, it, this was almost like a surrender in, in Beersheba. You know, it was a nice flowery thing, but the end result would be like us saying, okay, we're, we're going to give you El Paso. Just take it, which I've been there, and it might not be a bad idea. <laughs> but, you know, we're just going to give it to you. And um, <coughs> who would do that? Well, probably a lot of people in Washington would be. But um, they, they almost have. Yeah, that's true. 
But you know, this is this is just kind of a weird thing, and I, and I, I I think perhaps we look at saying essentially what we as saints are doing are going to state this is what our father said. It's and and we know this. It's we're discovering it. It's revelation, but it's revelation because people have forgotten. Right. And so we're battling things that were originally God's plan and what God originally gave to some, but then it was lost. So the real point of striving for me is how do you preserve the place where you have gained the victory, the, the place where Sheba has been known, where water because of the fulfillment of the seven has been known. How do you preserve that? And that's hard. That that's so many, so many um, movements have lost that. I, I'm not mocking them. I'm just saying it's hard. It, it's hard. Like with Samuel, his two sons are kind of shifty dudes. Right. Um, you look at Eli. His two sons are worse than shifty. They're purveyors of shiftiness. <laughs> And, you know, how do you keep, God has no grandchildren, how do you keep the covenant victory that you won so that the next generation does, doesn't have to go and fight the same ridiculous battles that you already should have established for them? And see, to me, a main point of contending for us is, you know, how do we get this? I think this is a battleground. It's been a battleground for this church. And it's a battleground for where we are right now. Um, I don't know. I'm just roaming, adding, adding to this. We got time. Message. <laughs> <laughs> Along with what you've been saying, you know, what has been going through my mind for forever, it seems. Abraham took all of that land. Mm -hmm. So why was Isaac wandering? <laughs> See, that's what I'm yeah. wondering. <laughs> There's a basic problem right there. He, uh, he had established land. He grew up in it. It was his. And now he's wandering, wondering where to go, how to survive. Right. Getting pushed away from this place to that place. He was going to go down to Egypt, it says, and God told him, don't do that. <laughs> so he's not maintaining it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it doesn't seem like it, again, it is, it's, it's baffling to me. That's something I've been pondering as well. It's like, does he, it seems like he doesn't remember. And like, I think it's been mentioned a couple of times. And thinking about that grove that his father planted there, that's been 90 years. That's got to, unless something happened to those trees, that's got to be a majestic grove there that should be there, and he should know. He should remember, my father planted those trees when he made this covenant with the leader of this land. Why is it having to be over and over and over? And it's just So I will say, Isaac was born after... Mm -hmm. Abraham had gone in. Just right after. Right. You wonder 
didn't Abraham tell him? Right. So yeah. either, I don't know if Abraham didn't tell him, maybe they had moved away from that area while Isaac and Isaac just didn't know. Well, maybe that's something where Abraham needed to be telling his son and, and speaking of those victories and promises. Well, there did seem to be a breakdown from Abraham, Isaac, to Jacob. Uh, you know, Isaac basically did what his father, he was emulating the things he had seen, whereas Jacob, it just was a total breakdown. And you see his kids, the 12 tribes, the ones that we all go, oh, the 12 tribes of Israel. But there were a bunch of yeah. retarded people. <laughs> <laughs> True. They did yeah. I mean, Joseph yeah, I was reading those stories. <laughs> he filmed the yeah. whole thing, and from start to finish, he did his business. Everyone else, there's some jacking, you know, jacking around. Every one of them. It brought on strife to their father. (laughs) (laughs) So the generational break, there is a generational breakdown. There does seem to be. And um, because, and and I think, I even think about my own children based on just the way I raised them. And it was so easy for them. So their perspective of life is one of ease. I did not grow up that way. I have been making my own business, my own sandwiches, my own breakfast, my own whatever since I, mean, I was in grammar school. I was cleaning my, the house that we lived in when I was in grammar school. For, that's what I did for money. And I was outside you know, until it was dark every day making those playground decisions, basically. You, know, you have the neighborhood kids that you're with, and you're, you're having to make all those decisions by yourself. My kids never did that. They didn't. They did not. They did not acquire those skills. So Abraham is the one that sojourned. He's the one that fought. He's the one that conquered. He's the one that believed. He's the one that did all that groundwork. Isaac was just born into that. And I think there's a lack of respect and a lack of understanding. You just kind of take for granted what you have. So you don't know how to fight for it. You don't know how to contend. You don't know how to how to believe for things because you didn't have to do it from that. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Well, maybe in that same aspect, the Lord requires us. What is it David said? If it doesn't cost me anything, I'm not going to. What is it when God told him to build the temple or the shrine? The altar, yeah. Offering altar there on the threshing floor to stay the plague and, you know, he said, oh, you can have it. He's like, no, I'm not going to take what I, what has cost me nothing. So maybe there is that point where God brings you to, where you have to have something come against so that you can be built up, like, uh, so you can be made tough as flint. It's tough, you know? It, it, this, this, this is kind of an unusual <coughs> discussion. But, you know, it's, it's Abram, father of all who walk in faith. Well, that, that's great. We all believe that. Yeah, that, that's true. And, but what we're talking about here is his most immediate son who has not really been, I'm not faulting anybody, but obviously he's not been trained. And for us, how do, as as people who are being sent by the Lord all over the place to to raise up 
encampments, uh, that's great, but what comes next for them? Um, it, uh, the big battle here is, like, like you said, um, and you even look then at Isaac and, and Jacob and Esau. Well, that's a cavalcade of goofiness, isn't it? I mean, it's just, I, you think, what, what is this? Of course, you can't, you can't make somebody follow in faith. That's right. right. Everybody has to have their own relationship with God. It's a walk of faith, but it's your own walk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean... <clears throat> So, so how do you, how do you lay claim? I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I just, even David, you know, here's David. What happened with Absalom? What happened with others? You know, I'm not criticizing anybody. I just, I, I just think the battle, the battle for the deeper things of the spirit you know, I'll just say this. I, I, I know this is going to be broadcast, mass evangelized. But, you know, I, I pray for my grandkids because, you know, we don't have a school here. We, God didn't tell us to, but we were on the verge of doing one a couple of times, but we didn't do it. So they're, they're going to school amongst the Baptists and the Lutherans. And I think it, that's great. They, they're, they're hearing the word, they're doing memory verses, and and then I think, well, I'm, I, before the Lord, am not gonna see my green girls grow up as Baptists. <laughs> that ain't happening. And I pray God stir up, stir up their gifts, meet with them, help them, because there's no guarantee because we are the poobahs of the saints network that anybody is going to continue in that walk. Mm -hmm. And that's a big battle. That's a, that's a big battle. And, and I think the enemy fought against Abraham with this because he knew what God wanted. I'm not blaming it all on the enemy. But it just, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me. As Dennis mentioned, Here's Isaac, and he seems to have no clue. Hey, my dad made a covenant with the leader of this land. His general was there to co-sign on. This is ours. And, and then he discovers it, and he said, hmm, what should we call this place? <laughs> Thankfully, he came up with the same name. <laughs> but it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's baffling to me, and I'm not, again, I am not speaking critically, you know, we, we be here. Um, I, I just, I'm amazed, because you got the wells and you got the groves right here, which is what we've been talking about. And, and each of the, I wish I knew more about the history, but each of those are miracles, and there's a, very large number of dry wells. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they never hit water, and they went deep, and they never found it. So Isaac goes out and digs a well, finds water, digs another one, finds water, digs another one. I don't know if he had any dry wells or not, but 
It doesn't say. But I, I don't think he did. It's just one miracle after another, God's provision. Uh, and, and I keep wondering, was it God's provision in spite of him or God's provision? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, following him, you know, because Abraham took, right? But Abraham also gave away when the Lord was selling him to. For example, Lot. You go over there, that's all you You can have. Um, so, did Isaac learn how to take? No. He seemed to. Learn how to give away, though, didn't Yeah. It's, it's really, I, I'm remembering we did a, a, a gathering in Geneva at the, that big church, the Oratoire, that founded the Red Cross. And this is a very historic, historic building, just in right in the oh well in the center of Geneva and I I spoke about these four wells and I said I was talking about how the Swiss had been uh, so crucial to the moves of God in in the past hundreds of years you know the the Reformation uh, the Geneva Bible um, the, the great uh, assistance to the printing of the word and, and, and so on and so forth and how um, you see now these empty massive structures all around big churches um, and they're the people are largely heathen um, and, you know, so we were talking about these wells and called the people to pray, and people were praying. And, um, but, but the whole point, though, is that how is it lost? To me, to me. I mean, you make, there are other points. You're the teacher. You've got your own point, and I'm sure this is part of it. But... I don't want, we don't, we want the visitation of the Lord. We want to bring forth those principles that are his covenant. We want to rediscover the things that are ours. And we want to do them for our Father. But I don't know how much time God's going to give before the end of all things. I think we're on a fast track toward that. But whatever we have and so what the deeper things of the spirit not just getting by not just having a covenant name but how we've got to really ask God for an anointing to do something that is very hard to do in scripture and even in our own in our own experience uh, growing up um, that the deeper things of walking with God would be passed on from generate to the next generations, um, so we don't end up like old weird grandpa who, or he does weird things. Uh, well, I do that anyway, but, but 
spiritually. I, I don't know. I'm just wrong. But it, that's just weird to me because you have Abram and you have Isaac and then you skip ahead. You have Saul. And it's weird because Saul's son was a real whiz bag. Jonathan was a great guy. You know, he was ready to follow the Lord. Let's go. And, um, but they both get buried under this not under this particular Bersheba, but under prophetically the Tamarins. Yeah. Interesting.
We made it. Um, let me just close with uh, a little bit of prayer. Um, and I think that's appropriate. Father, we just declare that you, you will bring about those that the small ones, the next generation, you will keep them. And we will teach, but you will keep their hearts close to you that they will follow in the ways of, of, your, of your leading. And we thank you that you have given us the opportunity to, um, to model that for the next generation. And we go forward from here. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.